the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Where does he find these people? The big guy and his friends in the media would like you to believe that he's a moderate. Maybe he was at one time, but he's made it pretty clear in the last nine months that he's either not moderate anymore... Or he has nothing to do with the people he nominates for government jobs or somebody else is doing it. I have no idea uh, what a currency comptroller is, but I looked it up, and it's the person who oversees the big banks. And the big guy uh, has nominated Saleh Omarova. Her name is uh, spelled S-A-U-L-E. I'm not sure the pronunciation, but she's a Cornell Law professor. Uh, for that job, she, of course, is a borderline uh, – she's been nominated for that job. She, of course, is a – is a borderline communist who has said she'd like to see less banking done in private banks and more done by, of course, the government. And I don't know what the question was that drew this response, but listen and see if you'd want her to be in charge of anything. For certain uh, troubled industries and firms that are in transitioning. And here what I'm thinking about is primarily coal industry and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are... Uh, going to probably uh, go bankrupt in, in, in short order. At least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change, right? Yeah, right. We want them to go bankrupt. She just matter-of-factly said that her goal is to put coal companies out of business in order to save the planet from a hoax, by the way. Nothing radical about that. A perfectly moderate goal, I guess. And Joe has nominated somebody named Gigi Son to serve on the Federal Communications Commission. You know, that's uh, to oversee radio and TV stations like this one. Here's what she tweeted. Quote, For all my concerns about Facebook, I believe that Fox News has had the most negative impact on our democracy. FCC, okay? Here's another one, uh, something, uh, another quote on Fox. It's state-sponsored propaganda with few, if any, opposing viewpoints. Where is the hearing about that? Now, does that sound like somebody who should be making decisions, you know, that could affect billion-dollar TV and radio networks? Well, that's moderate Joe for you. Meanwhile, the one place where conservatives have some confidence in having non-socialist-slash-communist people in charge is the Supreme Court. And it may be about to rule on a case that could cause liberal gun control fanatics' heads to explode. When we come back, John Lott, with some amazing numbers on the number of people who are applying for concealed carry permits and what to expect from the court. And also, I really want you to stick around for the second half hour because uh, just in the last few minutes, I was going to run a soundbite from Anthony Fauci talking about AIDS, and it reminded me of something that I remembered about the CDC and how it lied about AIDS to get everybody all riled up so that they could raise money. You will be stunned when I tell you what was being said about AIDS and how much they were lying 30 years ago. Stick around. have the same energy they used to? Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet food are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Do you pay for your own health insurance? 
Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Jakobin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no co-payments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, co-pays, and other cost-sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network, but saves the average family over $800 a year. And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number. Or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code HALFOFF, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code HALFOFF. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19-related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-In Pest Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair income. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com promo code pen. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, how'd you like to be living in New York City where the mayor is a big fan of defunding the police and then have to depend on Sandy Cortez to decide, you know, if you're worthy of having a permit to carry a concealed firearm to protect yourself in those neighborhoods up there? Well, that's the law now. It's not actually Sandy making the call, of course, but it could be. The Supreme Court heard testimony last week and will be ruling on the case. Meanwhile, there have never been more concealed carry permits issued in the country this year than ever before. John Lott is the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. He's the author of Gun Control Myths. He joins us now. John, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me on again. It's great to talk to you. So um, I'm just wondering here, is an American citizen now more likely to be in the presence of a person with a concealed weapon, well, a hand, a concealed firearm, I guess would be a better way of putting it, than ever before? Well, I mean, uh, there was a Supreme Court case last week uh, that addressed that issue. It's not going to affect Pennsylvania or the 43 so-called right-to-carry states. I mean, in Pennsylvania, about 14.5% of the adult population with a concealed handgun permit. Um, what it will affect are seven states, including New York, California, Maryland, uh, Delaware, uh, Massachusetts, Hawaii, that uh, require that in addition to you know paying your fee and going through a background check, um, uh, you ha- also have to provide a good reason to some public official to justify why you should be able to go and have a gun for protection. In New York, simply living in a very dangerous area isn't sufficient. Um, even having death threats may not be sufficient. It's up to an individual judge uh, to decide whether or not you have a good reason. Um, 
and usually it's, uh, you know, well-heeled celebrities, uh, people who are heads of labor unions, people like uh, Arthur Schulzberger, the publisher of the New York Times, who end up getting approved to have a concealed handgun. Not the people that my research indicates who benefit the most from having uh, protection, and that is poor blacks who live in high-crime urban areas. Uh, the number of poor blacks in New York City, for example, who get a concealed handgun is probably zero. Um, and you see that in these other states like California. I actually was able to get a list of all the concealed carry permit holders in California in Los Angeles County a few years ago. Uh, they had a total of 341 concealed handgun permits for Los Angeles County, a population of about 8 million adults that live there. Um, and the people who got the permits were very wealthy, very politically connected, uh, white males who gave large amounts of money to the sheriff's reelection campaign. Um, only 7% of the permit holders were women. Only 5% were blacks. You know, you look nationwide in the 43 right to carry states like Pennsylvania and, uh, about 30% of permit holders are women. About 13% are black. Um, you know, and it's kind of hard to go and argue that in, Los Angeles County, women aren't being stalked or aren't being threatened with crime like they are in the rest of the country. Um, so I think it will make a difference in those states. And the arguments, uh, I think the justices, a majority of the justices, indicated that they were very sympathetic with the, with the case, that, uh, you know, multiple times justices point out uh, there's no other part of the Bill of Rights uh, where you have to go and justify to some public official why you should be able to participate in that right. Reporters, for example, don't have to go to a public official and justify why they should be able to be a reporter. Um, they don't have to explain what issues they're planning on reporting on before they're given a license. Uh, if you're a religion, uh, you know, practicing religion, you don't have to go to the government and get a license and justify why your religion uh, should be approved for a license. Uh, similar with speeches or being able to go and petition public officials. Um, and uh, so my own guess is that uh, if New York's law is struck down, you'll see about 2.3 million at least new concealed handgun permit holders over the next few years. Um, right now, uh, there's 21.5 million permit holders. Just to give you an idea of the gap, uh, in the 43 uh, right-to-carry states, uh, you have about 11% of the adult population with a concealed handgun permit. By contrast, in, uh, in the seven states that require that you have to provide a good reason, it's only about 1%. And that gap is actually even larger than it looks because half of the 43 right-to-carry states are what they call constitutional carry, where you don't even need to have to have a permit uh, to be able to carry. So the number of people who actually carry is much, much greater than 11% of the adult population. So um, th this, what, what we're waiting here, or what, what the issue here with the Supreme Court is, is the ruling on the New York law, and then that will affect these other states that have similar laws? Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, they, you have seven states that require that you have to provide a good reason mm -hmm. uh, yeah. for why you should be able to have a gun for protection. And, you know, it's really outrageous when you look at a lot of these cases. Um, uh, you may remember John Stossel, who used to work for Fox News. Yeah. Uh, he had done a couple... Uh, segments in his uh, reports on uh, some environmental issues. And he got literally dozens of death threats. Uh, he went to the New York City Police Department uh, in order to go and file for a concealed handgun permit, paying, I think it was like $800 to apply. Uh, I had to pay, fill out like 50 pages of forms and went in, had to spend time going in there. And uh, they ended up saying, look, you know, it's true you've gotten a lot of death threats, but we don't think that any of these death threats 
reach the level of seriousness uh, that would justify you being able to get a concealed handgun permit. Um, in California, uh, there's a case in uh, San Francisco where a woman had been uh, violently attacked in the past by someone, had gotten an order of protection from a court, but was turned down for getting a concealed handgun permit in San Francisco County. Uh, by contrast, they only gave out one permit in San Francisco County, and that was to the personal lawyer for the sheriff, who had no record of facing any types of threats. So, uh, you know, you have a level of arbitrariness there uh, that you surely don't see in Pennsylvania, for example. You know, you listen to the arguments, and... Uh, 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 the state of New York, their main claim was that they had to have this good reason provision in there for public safety. That if you just mm -hmm. let anybody who had the training, who had the background check, uh, who paid their fees and were a certain age, be able to go and make the decision themselves whether or not to get a concealed handgun permit, it would endanger public safety. You know, the thing is, when Pennsylvania's law got passed, uh, when it ended up being applied to Philadelphia uh, a few years later, um, when, uh, you know, any of these 43 uh, right-to-carry states had passed the law, you've seen a similar claim time after time that, you know, there was going to be blood on this, in the street, that permit holders were going to be behaving irresponsibly. You know, and as people know in Pennsylvania, that's simply not true. It's become a non-issue because permit holders are incredibly law-abiding. Uh, the Crime Prevention Research Center that I had, we just recently put out a report um, in the states of Florida and Texas where they have very detailed information that's publicly available on uh, any permit revocation. Uh, the rate that permit holders are convicted of any type of firearms-related violation is one-twelfth the rate that police officers are convicted of firearms-related violations. And police officers are rarely convicted of firearms-related violations. They're convicted of firearm violations at 120th, the rate of the general population. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you, you know, you look at the data and you just see how incredibly law-abiding these individuals were. Uh, you know, Breyer, Chief, uh, Justice Breyer on the court, you know, he was saying, well, you know, he was concerned that if you had a football game or a soccer game and people were getting drunk there and you, they had concealed handguns and they got into an argument over this game and they, somebody would pull it out and shoot somebody else. Well, you know, is that possible? Yeah, sure. But we have 21 and a half million permit holders right now in the United States. These laws, including Pennsylvania, have been in effect for many, many decades. And yet I know of not one single case like that uh, that's happened. So, you know, a lot of the argument before the court by New York was about what might possibly go wrong uh, as opposed to actually looking at the data. But I think this case uh, will actually be even more important than concealed carry. Uh, one of the things that came up during the arguments was exactly what types of rules that lower courts have to follow uh, in determining whether or not something, a particular law violates the Second Amendment. Um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, Justice Kavanaugh, was pointing out that um, you know, he was concerned that these so-called balancing tests were... So let me back up and just give you an example. When I've taught at the University of Chicago Law School or I was at Yale, one of the questions I would ask students or other faculty would be, what would they have had to write in the First Amendment, for example, when they say Congress shall pass no law, to actually mm -hmm. mean Congress shall pass no law? Should they have to say Congress shall never, ever, 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 ever pass a law? Because the way the courts have interpreted this, when they say Congress shall pass no law, they've interpreted it as saying, Congress shall pass no law unless Congress has a good reason to pass the law. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we determine, the court will determine whether or not Congress has a good reason for passing the law. And, uh, and, and what Kavanaugh was pointing out in the argument is that 
that's essentially let the judges and justices be policy experts on everything. So they kind mm-hmm. of determine what they think makes people safer or not. And uh, uh, if uh, it sounded like there were at least three, maybe four justices that were sympathetic to the type of argument that he was making. And if that's the case, if they can get a fifth vote, uh, that would be a really revolutionary change in constitutional law, not just for uh, for the Second Amendment, but for the Bill of Rights in general. Because Kavanaugh's point was, judges like to fuzz things up. You know, you may have a very clear rule in the in the Bill of Rights: Congress shall pass no laws or shall not infringe. And and that those things were written for regular people to understand clearly what the rules were that uh, that the government was supposed to follow. But judges yeah. like power, and the way they get power is to fuzz things up and make it so that they have discretion uh, on these things. And it would be a major step if uh, they could rein in that type of arbitrary power that the courts have. Who are the people in these places where you have to have show a good reason Who's the ultimate person to decide uh, when you go in and I say, I'm going to permit to carry? Uh, who are you talking to? And, and I mean, do you have to, are there, how long does it take? And, you know, who, who makes the final decision? Well, it depends on the state. In New York, uh, you have to go to a judge. Well, first of all, you know, a police department will do it, uh, will make the decision. But if they don't give it to you, then you have to go to a judge ultimately to make the decision. Uh, uh, in uh, California, it's sheriff's departments uh, which are in charge of doing that. And there's been a lot of issues with sheriffs getting payoffs. Uh, um, uh, you know, uh, in Orange County, California, there was a case where uh, the wife of the sheriff was given like $15,000 in jewelry uh, for being able to give out a permit and uh, you know, so it varies. Uh, usually, in some places, you go directly to a judge to go and ask. In most places, you have to go uh, to some type of law enforcement. Well, uh, I only have about a minute and a half left here uh, with John Lott. He's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center and author of Gun Control Myths. Um, if the, if the uh, you know, you give the number in your piece at the Federalist that there are 20, and you mentioned it here, 21.5 million people are walking around in the United States right now with the ability to have a, a firearm concealed on their person. Um, isn't that isn't that in itself um, an advertisement for the Second Amendment and the fact that it doesn't cause an increase in crime? Well, I mean, look, there are lots of issues one can debate, but the simplest thing to show is just how incredibly law-abiding permit holders are. Uh, I, we put out a report recently, uh, the 19 states where you can readily get that type of information. Uh, you know, you're talking about for any reason that people have their concealed handgun permit revoked. Uh, it's like one-tenth of one percent. And that includes things like people moving. You know, in, uh, in Philadelphia, for example, you move. Uh, you, you know, you go and inform the uh, police department there that you're moving, they'll revoke your permit. That's counted as a revocation. Uh, somebody dies, that's counted as a revocation. Uh, so even including those types of cases, which make up most of the revocations in a lot of these places, uh, you're talking about one-tenth of one percent of concealed handgun permit holders have their uh, permits revoked. Uh, that's hey John, an incredibly tiny rate. Hey, John, I'm out of time. As usual, you uh, have all the facts and all the numbers to back up your, your claims, and, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to argue with your stuff. I really appreciate you coming on here. Well, it's, it's great to talk to you again. Thanks for having me on. Okay, that's John Lott of the Crime Prevention Research Center, and we'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden will visit the port of Baltimore today to highlight efforts to upgrade the nation's ports. The administration has announced new investments in U.S. ports, hoping to make the supply chain faster. Ports have been a major focus because of ships waiting to dock and a shortage of truck drivers to haul goods, delays that have led to inflation. Today, the president visits the port of Baltimore to highlight the types of investments that his administration believes will help unclog the supply chain. Greg Clugston, the White House. The judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse murder trial sent the jury out of the courtroom and berated the prosecutor for questioning Rittenhouse about whether it was appropriate to use deadly force to protect property. Judge Bruce Schroeder heatedly accused lead prosecutor Thomas Binger of improperly trying to introduce testimony that he had earlier said he was inclined to prohibit. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. We started Legacy Box so that family memories would be safe and could always be enjoyed together. And this year, we're offering you early access to our incredible Black Friday sale so you can finally digitize your home movies and photos. One million families and counting have trusted Legacy Box to convert their aging media because Legacy Box is safe, simple, and affordable. From fading over time to risks like fire and water damage, your videotapes, film reels, and photos aren't protected unless they're on a digital format. And with the holidays approaching, don't wait. Simply fill your legacy box and we'll take care of the rest. This is the first time we've offered Black Friday savings this early. And it's the most meaningful thing you can do this holiday season. It's time to relive your most important memories and take advantage of Legacy Box's best sale of the year. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get early access to our Black Friday sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for an irresistible deal. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. God bless us, everyone. What's the biggest blessing you can imagine this Christmas season? How about having your mortgage or rent paid for 2022? It's possible when you enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Enter once a day to increase your opportunities to win. See rules and conditions for details. To our Merry Christmas, God bless us. God bless us. Sign up today at TheAnswerPGH.com. Brought to you by Robin Jones, the weekly realtor. Now's the time to plan your outdoor riding future with a brand new Indian motorcycle from Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. This is John Steigerwald. Demand for Indian motorcycles is at an all-time high while the supply is low. Plan ahead and get on your holiday shopping now with a great selection of Indian clothing and accessories. Reserve and take priority of your brand new 2022 Indian Motorcycle today. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh and Warrendale next to Jurgles. Visit www.pitcycles.com. Indian Motorcycle of Pittsburgh. Always wear your helmet, never drink and ride. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Getting through those delays, Parkway East outbound from Oakland up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. At least an extra 10 minutes for you to get through that. On the inbound, Parkway East, heavy 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, volume delays inbound. Between 79 and the Fort Pitt Tunnel, looks like about an extra 5 or 6 minutes there. On outbound 51, Midwood Avenue to Library Road, around a 5-minute delay. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 46. It'll be mild tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a high tomorrow of 66. Rain tomorrow night with a low of 45. Friday, some sunshine. Then it will turn cloudy and cooler. We'll see a high Friday of 54. 
For Saturday, cloudy and cooler with a shower in spots, high 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I came across a, a video uh, yesterday or the day before, and I wanted to get a chance to play it, and uh, I don't have a guest for this half hour, so now's the time for it. I want you to listen to a very young Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's got uh, black hair, very dark hair, no gray hair, little round glasses. And this is from uh, sometime in, I'd say, the mid-80s. And he's talking about not COVID, but AIDS. Listen. Starting to see, as we're seeing virtually as the months go by, other groups that can be involved. And, and seeing it in children is really quite disturbing. When you say other close contact, give me some examples. Well, for example, if, if the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individuals who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS or at risk of AIDS who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact that one sees in normal interpersonal relationships. Yeah, that's Dr. Fauci. That was total and complete BS. And he was, uh, I don't know if he was the director of the NAIAD at that time, but he, I think he might have been, but he was a very uh, well-respected and listened to epidemiologist, and he was telling people that anybody could get AIDS. Now, uh, this is a story from the Wall Street Journal uh, in, uh, I guess it was uh, October of this year, and they're talking about the mistakes made uh, with AIDS that should be lessons lessons learned in the coverage and um, the uh, the I guess the methods used to deal with and warn people about COVID. And there's there's a little excerpt. It says one early alarmist was Anthony Fauci, who made national news in 1983 with an editorial in the Journal of the American Medical Associ- Medical Association warning that AIDS could infect even children because of, quote, the possibility that routine close contact, as within a family household, can spread the disease. You just heard him say that on that video. After criticism that he had inspired a wave of hysterical homophobia, Dr. Fauci, who in 1984 began his current job as director of the the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, promptly... Now, let's see see if this sounds familiar to you. When I, when I describe what this uh, piece describes Dr. Fauci doing, <clears throat> promptly pivoted 180 degrees. Have you seen any of that with this guy in the last couple of years? Pivoting 180 degrees, masks are useless, wear 12 masks. Declaring less than two months after his piece appeared that it was, quote, absolutely preposterous to suggest that age could be spread by normal social contact. Now, you just heard the video. You just heard it. Now, I don't know when he said that in relation to when he wrote his editorial, but here he is quoted as uh, 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 saying it was absolutely preposterous to suggest what you just heard him suggest on that video five minutes ago, two minutes ago. He said it was absolutely preposterous to suggest AIDS could be spread by normal social contact, but other supposed experts went on warning erroneously that AIDS could spread widely via toilet seats, mosquito bites, and kissing. Do you remember that? Because I do. I remember everybody being afraid of toilet seats. And uh, there was a kid named Ryan White. You remember him? He was a kid who uh, he, he contracted AIDS somehow, I think from a blood transfusion. And he was shunned. He wasn't allowed to go to school. Nobody was allowed to get near him because they thought that being near him would uh, a lot would would cause them to contract AIDS. When the only way they were going to have uh, get AIDS from him would be through through uh, sex, homosexual sex. That's how they could have gotten it. Robert Redfeld, Redfield, an army physician who would later direct the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention during the COVID fa- pandemic, you've heard of him, I, I've heard this guy, claimed in 1985 that his research on sh- soldiers showed AIDS would soon spread as rapidly among heterosexuals as among homosexuals. Again, 1,000% wrong. And it's not just about being wrong, but by telling people this, 
He created hysteria, much like the hysteria that you see now with COVID. Total hysteria, where people were afraid to sit on a toilet seat because of this. He and other scientists became much-quoted authorities for the imminent heterosexual breakout, which was what they were calling for, which was proclaimed on the covers of Life in 1985. The headline on that one was, "No, Now No One is Safe from AIDS. That was on the cover of Life magazine. Now No One is Safe from AIDS. That was never, ever, ever true. Ever. And The Atlantic in 1987 had this headline, Heterosexuals and AIDS, the second stage of the epidemic. It's total, complete BS. Same organization, some of the same people, Redfield, Fauci, and it's 30-some, this goes back 40 years almost, but even 25 years ago in 1996 uh, was when this uh, story came out. Uh, and the headline in this 1996 story in the, Washington, in the Wall Street Journal this is from 1996 now. A, this, is, this was written in 1996. AIDS fight is skewed by federal campaign exaggerating risks. That, this was written 25 years ago. They were exaggerating risks. Does that sound familiar to you at all? And um, they, they, by doing this, they, they, and the purpose of doing this was raising money. And getting more people to be interested because people just weren't getting all that riled up about it because they felt like, hey, it's for people who are gay and I'm not gay and it's not going to happen to me. They wanted people to believe, even though it's not true or wasn't true, that they were in danger of getting AIDS with just normal heterosexual sex. And it was not happening. The chances of that happening were the same as getting struck by lightning. Does that sound familiar to you? This is, uh, it says here, in the summer of 1987, federal health officials made the fateful decision to bombard the public with a, this is from the piece in 1996, made the fateful decision to bombard the public with a terrifying message. Anyone could get AIDS. That was the terrifying message. Again, B.S. While the message was technically true, it was also highly misleading. Everyone certainly faced some danger, but for most heterosexuals, the risk from a single act of sex was smaller than the risk of ever getting hit by lightning. In the U.S., the disease was and remains largely the scourge of gay men, intravenous drug users, their sex partners, and their newborn children. And uh, they, they, But nine years after the America... Uh, response to AIDS campaign. That was a, that was the campaign. It was called America Responds to AIDS. It was it was they had a marketing company putting it out there. But nine years after the America Responds to AIDS campaign first hit the airwaves, many scientists and doctors are raising new questions. This was written again in 1996. Increasingly, they worry that the "everyone gets AIDS" message, still trumpeted not only by government agencies but by celebrities in the media, is more than just dishonest. See if this uh, makes sense to you. It also is having a perverse, potentially deadly effect on funding for AIDS prevention. They needed the money. Some scientists charge that tens of thousands of infections a year. Listen, this. See if any of this sounds familiar to what you hear about COVID every day, with all with you know the, the people being sent into um, into uh, nursing homes to die. And focus. Make now they're putting masks on little kids and and making little kids get. Get vaccinated. This is exactly the same thing. Uh, but uh, it says here, sometimes scientists charge, this again was written in 1996, that tens of thousands of infections a year could be averted if only practical assistance were directed to the right people. Does that sound familiar to you? Old people, obese people, that's who's dying from COVID. Instead of aiming general warnings at non-drug-using heterosexuals, these critics say, the government should use the bulk of its anti-AIDS money to teach homosexual men to avoid unprotected anal sex and to dissuade addicts from sharing infected needles. There you go, okay? And then a little bit further on in this piece, written in 1996. By 1987, CDC officials had a fairly clear picture of where and how AIDS was spreading and how much risk different groups faced. 
The disease was proving less likely to be transmitted through vaginal intercourse than many had feared. A major study that was just being completed put the average risk from a from a one-time heterosexual encounter with someone not in a high-risk group. Are you ready? At one in five million. That's what it was. That was the chances of you of uh, of getting and just regular sexual activity with a non-risky person. One in five million and one in 50 million for condom users. Homosexuals, needle sharing drug users and their sex partners, however, were in grave danger. Uh, A key player in the CDC's earliest AIDS prevention efforts was Walter Dowdle, a virologist who was a veteran of the war on herpes and had helped create the CDC's anti-AIDS office in the early 1980s. Like most people in the operation, he understood that AIDS had to be fought hardest in the places it was most prevalent. Again, COVID, old people, fat people, and people with other uh, health issues. That's that's what uh, this guy Dowdle uh, said. But by the spring of 1987... Dr. Dowdle had already been rebuffed repeatedly in efforts to prepare AIDS warnings aimed directly at high-risk groups. This is, I don't know about you, but this is just absolutely stunning to me. This is exactly what's going on now and has been going on for the last year and a half with COVID. There, there are people out there saying, hey, quit bothering people who aren't in a, at any risk to die from this thing. There's a 99-point-whatever-it-is uh, um, possibility of surviving it. And you're chasing after little six-year-old kids and making them wear masks. It says that the, the, the Dr. Dowdle had already been rebuffed repeatedly in efforts to prepare AIDS warnings aimed directly at high-risk groups. For gays and drug users, this view was f- uh, flat. The prevailing attitude was it was somebody else's problem. For gays and drug users, this view was flatly wrong and potentially fatal. Moreover, the focus group results highlighted a huge policy issue. Would the public support funding for AIDS prevention and research if the majority of heterosexuals believed they and their families were only minimally at risk? Would they be compassionate toward the victims of the disease? The answer is no, because people were saying, hey, you know, it's personal responsibility. Don't do that stuff. You won't get the disease. Figure it out. But leave me alone. Don't bother me and, and tell me i got to worry about what toilet seat I sit on. And then it wasn't until the spring of 1988 when the government mailed its Understanding AIDS brochure to 117 million U.S. households that the risk of anal sex and drug abuse were underlined. But even this brochure accentuated the broader risk. It featured a prominent photo of a female AIDS victim saying that AIDS is not a we-they disease, it's an us disease. Meanwhile, the CDC itself was producing research that made clear that heterosexual fears were exaggerated. Exaggerated. There's another word. And some CDC scientists including, um, where did I, I lost my place here for a second, uh, uh, yeah, and, and some C- CDC t- scientists, including then epide- epidemiology chief Harold W. Jaffe, publicly railed against the everyone gets AIDS message and urged his assistance, urged that assistance be targeted, again, to those who most needed it. But his opinion, along with the internal research on which it was based, was typically drowned out by the countervailing mass media campaign. And you know who else helped? Just the media. They didn't need to pay for the marketing they wanted. The media was more than on board with it. Yet, as CDC officials well knew, many of the images presented by the anti-AIDS campaign created a misleading impression about who was likely to get the disease. And then it goes on to tell the story about Ryan White. And, you know, and there's a, there was a marketing campaign going on. I'm running out of time here, but uh, I want to get to this. The marketing campaign also appeared to be having another key desired effect to mobilize support for public funding of AIDS research and prevention. Federal funding for AIDS-related medical research soared from $341 million in 1987 to $655 million in 1988, the year after the CDC uh, campaign began. And so that's, uh, that's what you have going on. If this, if this doesn't – I don't know why this isn't getting more attention. I just don't know why this – uh, Fauci should be asked about this. Everybody who is in any way connected with the CDC, anytime they show up 
uh, for a media interview. They should be asked about this. Um, and it's it's just it's unbelievable what, what the, the similarity here. Uh, and it says here the CDC also has been emphasizing that women constant. This is from 1996, by the way constitute a growing proportion of AIDS cases, but close analysis of the data indicate that the vast majority of these victims are drug users or sex partners of drug users. So, and and this was going on, uh, you know, th- it was, AIDS was m- very much like COVID, except that it, 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 it wasn't quite to the degree that this insanity is that we're dealing with now for two years. But it went on for years, and it was totally based on BS. I'll be right back. FreedomSquare.com. It's a digital commonwealth, your patriotic portal designed to unite freedom-loving Americans. Log on now to create your free personalized dashboard. All of your favorite news sites, podcasters on one site, and all at your fingertips. FreedomSquare.com's business directory will connect like-minded business owners with like-minded consumers. Spend your money with those who share your values. Sign up your business right now at FreedomSquare.com and start connecting with freedom-loving Americans. FreedomSquare.com is a resource library constructed for you to learn and teach about America's founding documents. Freedom-loving Americans, you have a new home. That home is freedomsquare.com. Log on today. Create your free personalized dashboard and join us in the fight for freedom. This is a country worth saving. I'll see you at freedomsquare.com. Log on now. Create your free personalized dashboard. Freedomsquare.com. Freedom lives here. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty. Warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with israeltour.com 855-565-5519 or stand with israeltour.com the john Steigerwall show am 1250 the answer well i'll tell you a little story about uh aids uh, back in the uh, 80s and i guess mid 80s and early 90s um I used to sit at, I was covering sports back then, and every Sunday uh, I sat next to my friend, the late, great Sam Nover of Channel 11. And we both knew a guy who worked in the media who was, let's just say, doing very well with the ladies at the time. And this was during the, you know, the, the AIDS hysteria. And Sam, being the, the, the guy that he was, uh, said, hey, he said to this guy, I'll say his name was Walt. It's not his name. I said, hey, Walt, you know, you better you better be careful out there. Better watch what you're doing. You're going to get this AIDS. You're going to get it. And I said, Sam, he's not going to get AIDS that way. Not unless he's having homosexual sex. It's not gonna, That's not how you get AIDS. And he and I had a, an ongoing friendly argument about it, and he thought I was nuts. 
And I kept telling him that I, I said, Sam, find me an example of a person who has died of AIDS, who's not a choreographer, a hairdresser, uh, you know, someone, a, a, a Broadway performer, someone in a well-known uh, field, a, a field that's well-known to have a lot of gay people. And if, just find me someone who's a heterosexual who's died of AIDS, who even has AIDS. So then Magic Johnson came along, and he showed up with AIDS. And that was, I don't know if you remember this, but when, when it, would, it came out that Magic Johnson had AIDS, there was discussion about not letting, I, I, I know he wasn't allowed to play basketball. Because these liars like Fauci and these other people I just told you about before the break, they had convinced everybody that, that you could get AIDS by bumping into, uh, I guess, Magic Johnson while you're covering him playing basketball and, and you know, his uh, perspiration gets on you and you die from, the, from AIDS or get AIDS. And it was all a lie and they knew it was a lie and they were pushing that. And when Sam brought up uh, Magic Johnson, I said, uh, Sam... If if he has AIDS, which he I guess he eventually did, he had H, he was HIV positive. I said if he is HIV positive, two things: he's either gay or he's using needles. And my theory was that he did it sharing a needle, maybe shooting up some steroids, which everybody was doing back then, uh, not just in football and baseball, but everywhere. Uh, and I said it it's it's not uh, Magic Johnson did not get AIDS by having too much fun with women out in LA that's not what it's not how it happened so this this came out in uh I don't know what year it was that Magic Johnson came out with AIDS but he ended up coming back and playing basketball but at the time they were telling people that you could get AIDS just from normal contact and it's so much like what we're dealing with now with COVID and and what they did to kids back then with AIDS, they they shunned them. They told they told parents that their kids were going to get AIDS if they sat on a toilet seat. And now here we are, twenty five years later, and they're putting masks on three year olds. The same people, the CDC. It stinks to high heaven. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.